are great and mighty, Lord. You are the King of kings. Thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God another big hand. Thank you, Jesus. Everything you've got. Glory. Well, I'm thinking about Luke, the gospel according to Luke. Four accounts of the one gospel. Let's get Luke's account tonight, or part of it anyway. Very happy to be in God's house tonight, and I'm very glad that Sal is still with us. And uh, it wasn't too long ago that a, another man downtown was in a very similar situation. You know, you have to realize not only are you dealing with somebody that's young and immature. Uh, I mean. How much money is a GUA guy going to have on him in a county truck, you know? It's not like he's collecting money, but that's logic doesn't enter into the picture, does it? Just like the man that the young man that went into the uh, store downtown and at 6:30 something in the morning. What's going to be in the cash register at 6:30 something in the morning? You know, we're talking about very immature and very mixed up and, in many cases, very troubled young people. And uh, unfortunately, they have a gun in their hands and they feel somewhat empowered. But uh, sometimes people make a wrong decision on top of a wrong decision and they get themselves killed. I'm glad that Sal gave him his money. Four dollars. Wow. You know, the wallet might have cost more than the four dollars. But I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, you give them what they want. They can't take your Holy Ghost, so let them have the money. No problem about that. No problem about that at all. But I am very thankful for the uh, divine protection. And I think the preacher just here uh, preached one service, and he preached about divine influence. And I don't only want God to be influencing us, but I like when he's influencing those around us, particularly when the devil seems to have his hand upon them and they're in a very threatening mode, you know. You've heard it said that's, that's just how they roll. Well, then we have the MO, which is the modus operandi. That's how they operate. Well... So we said that's how they mow. So we've got them rolling and we've got them mowing. And sometimes it's not good. I'm, I'm glad that we're in the church. And friend, you want to talk about something that that's how we roll. If you want to know why we're calling on that name, that's how we roll. That's the name above every name. Amen. I'm in the church and I'm going to be calling on that name. Not going to be calling on Confucius or Holly, Kali, and Krishna or, or anything else, Buddha or whatever. 
not going to be calling on uh, desperate housewives. I'm <laughs> I wouldn't know their names anyway. I'm not going to be calling on sports figures or entertainers of any kind. They're not going to be able to help me in my time of need and trouble. But the Lord will. The Lord will. In Luke <clears throat> chapter 4, and Jesus, verse 1, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit, and that's what you want to be led by, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness. And being forty days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. I would imagine so. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone, that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, You know, Sometimes you better wake up and realize it's nothing but the devil talking to you. You hear me now? Sometimes it's just the devil talking to you. Now you listen close. Follow me close here now in the book. The devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And everybody said, praise the Lord. You may be seated. I would like you to take note that the devil quoted the Word of God verbatim. He did not misquote. He did not do that. He quoted it. And he quoted it correctly. And if award was being given out for quoting Scripture and doing it accurately, he could have won an award for that. But what you want to remember is that Jesus went into the church house one day, as was the custom. I'm glad when our customs and even our traditions are built on the things of God, on chapter and verse, on the Word of God. Going to church is a good custom. Coming to the house of God 
and being involved in what the church is doing is a good tradition. It's a good routine to get into. That no matter where you're at, that certain day, certain time, something internal goes off inside of you like an alarm. And you know, I should be going to church. I should be there. If I'm not there, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. Anyway, the scripture said that Jesus went to the church house and as was the custom, they delivered unto him the book, the Bible, for to read. And so he began to read. I want to point out to you that the Word of God was coming from Jesus in that church house. And the Word of God was coming from the devil when he began to talk to Jesus and tempt him. Both of them were the Word of God. But it was two completely different hearts. Two completely different motives and motivations behind what was going on in the delivering of the Word of God in those two instances. Just because somebody can quote some Scripture, just because somebody can pull something out and hand it to you, so to speak, chapter and verse, the Word of God, does not mean that their spirit is right. Does not mean that their heart is right. And you've got to dig a little deeper here so that you, as Jesus said, you don't be deceived by any means. You hear me? There's lots of people. Lots of people. Not, and I'm not talking, as I said in Bible study last night, when I'm saying to you, I qualified and I said, when I say to you that there are some people, I said, I'm not talking about people that don't have the knowledge of the truth. I said, I'm talking to you about people that claim to believe Acts 2.38 and John 3.5 and one God. They claim to have the Holy Ghost and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And there are other things from Romans to Revelation that they will claim and some things they will practice. But that does not mean that their heart is right that does not mean that their spirit and their motives and motivation is right. You're told to try the spirits. Test them. Because many false prophets have gone out. Many. As a fella came to uh, the forefront, and he would open his mouth with the intent to curse the people of God, claiming to have, and from time to time the Spirit of God did move on him. And he would claim to have God in his life. And yet, he set about to curse the people of God. Now, his reason for fighting, his reason for talking ugly, <coughs> his reason for coming against leadership, was money. That was his motive. And the Bible is clear about that. 
he went after the wages of unrighteousness. Okay? That was his motivation. Kind of reminds you of the ruler, young ruler that came to Jesus and began to say, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Seemed like a good question. Seemed like he coming across, you know, good to Jesus. To where Jesus said to him, he said, well, he said, um, you know, what, is the, what does the law teach? What is written in the law? And so a few things, words were exchanged that were accurate. And the Bible said that this young man said, all these things have I done from my youth and up. I couldn't help but think, and actually I thought of it before I got a call about Sal today, but I'm figuring Sal's been here probably pretty close to 20 years, and him still a young man. Many of these men, young, they're men now, but many of them started when they were the ages of these on the front. Many of them were six. I think Tom and Patrick were duking it out for the lowest. I, I think finally we decided that Tom came when he was five and Patrick came when he was six. I don't know. Now, Sister Joseph may dispute that. I'm not sure. But uh, point is, and I wasn't after who's the youngest. I was simply trying to show that they're now in their mid-20s. I can't wait for July 4th. We're going to party. Because Marv's going to be 30. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Lord. Thank God. Yeah. So, I'm saying many of you here came very young. And some of you, God has allowed Senior Sister Feld and I not only to see you grow up, but now to start seeing your children grow up. Okay? Who knows? The Lord may spare me, and only if he gives me things working right. I don't want to be here if it's not working right. I told somebody the other day, I said, what do you think about 75? You think that's a good number? They said, well, it seems a little young. And I said, well, it depends on if things are working or not. And Pastor Urshan, he says, if, if I see things going wrong, he said, just go get me a cabin somewhere way out in the middle of nowhere and take me there and leave me there. So I said, well, we need to get two cabins because you want yours up where it's cold, and I want mine down where it's real warm. <laughs> I said, you can come visit me then. But uh, what I am saying to you is that the, uh, many of them, many of you were young and just children, and now you're getting a little older, and it's important that you realize that as you've grown, according to the teachings of the book, in grace and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that your discernment gets sharper and that you become more responsible for spiritual things and that you realize that sometimes it's the devil that's talking and he'll use the word of God I'm proving that to you there are people whom the devil is influencing and they will wrap their lie in chapter and verse, or in some kind of spiritual talk, supposedly. 
You have to be discerning. You have to realize that, as I said, here comes this young man, and all these have I kept from my youth up. And the Bible said that Jesus loved him. He had affection, spiritual affection for him, the love of God reaching. And that he told him, well, then one thing lackest. said, you go and you sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you come and follow me. And said that the young man went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What did Jesus do? Jesus proved out, he tried his heart, he tested his heart, and he proved it out. Now that was that young man's case. Everybody's case is different to a certain extent. Everybody is an individual. No two snowflakes are alike. No two blades of grass are exactly alike. And so when Jesus proved that out, he proved that the young man who came with what must I do to inherit eternal life, that it wasn't quite as sincere as he made it sound. His motivation wasn't as transparent as he would have liked to present it. Jesus proved it out. Try the spirits, whether they be of God. Very important that you do that. This fell in the Old Testament. God told him, you're going to speak, all right. He said, but you're only going to speak what I tell you to speak. Well, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? To be to have the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart acceptable in the sight of God. And that not only would you be speaking his words, but that there would be a right motive in what you're doing. And that would be proven out. Proven out. That it wouldn't be like this fellow in the Old Testament that it proved out that he only cared about money. That reminds me of Judas Iscariot, whom the Bible said that he looked at a woman. And doesn't it amaze you that some people could look at a, somebody that's trying to be godly, somebody that's trying to do right, somebody that acknowledges that I'm human and I've made mistakes and I'm I'm come bringing myself to Jesus, and I, I want to express my love and my gratitude, my appreciation. And as she broke the alabaster box that we've explained before, it didn't have a, a screw on the top or a cork to pull out, uh, but that it had to be 100% given. There was no give a little and keep some, like Ananias and Sapphira. There wasn't no keeping back part. This was, you got to give it all. And she broke it open, and the odor of it, the perfume of it, filled the place where they were in. And she uh, anointed Jesus Christ. And the criticism, it's good for us to check our motives. You ever read your Bible, it said, it, not only did it say, examine me, O Lord, but it said, you were told by the preacher to examine yourself. And so, it's important that we check whether or not the words that we're speaking, not only are they godly words, but that we're speaking in the right spirit. 
And it did tell us to look every one on another person's things. That wasn't talking about covetousness. That was talking about you putting the other person first. Putting that person ahead of you. Preferring your brother. Preferring your sister. And so this woman was faced a lot of criticism to the point that Judas Iscariot said that it was a waste. To what purpose is this waste? This could have been taken. This, this alabaster box could have been taken. And certainly this isn't because that pops right out. But illustration. This alabaster box, this precious, costly ointment in this alabaster box could have been sold for a goodly sum of money and given to the poor. Oh, but I love what the writer said. said, he didn't care nothing about the poor. said, he was a thief. <laughs> I love that. Talk about not pulling any punches, man. Talk about pulling the, the cover off things. And just, the devil hates to be revealed. He does not want to be shown for what he truly is. And that's why he hates the holy God of heaven and earth. And that's why he hates when he speaks through the preacher and puts it right out there. He hates that. He hates when that spirit gets discerned for what it is, shown for just exactly what it is. And boy, he said, he said he didn't care nothing about the poor. He said he was a thief. He had the bag. He was the treasurer on top of seeing miracle after miracle and even being used. Even, even though miracles were done by the hands of Judas Iscariot because of that amazing grace that Jesus showed in giving power to the 70, sending them forth, Jesus knowing that not those, all those 70 were going to be faithful. We are given a heavenly opportunity. We need to prove ourselves. We need to show God, show the leadership, show a family, show our children, show our bosses, show friends and people out there. We need to show them that we're not just talking, but we're walking it. That we really do have the gift of the Holy Ghost and that our motives are right. Our motives are right. Amen. I rode one time with a man, young man, and uh, it was a drive from West Palm, took the back road on Indian Town Road, came in through Port Miaka, came down 715 into Belgrade. The ride was probably 45 minutes or a little better, maybe. I wasn't driving, so it's probably a little bit more than 45 minutes. That was a joke. Okay. So anyway, I, uh, the, the kid, the young man, he was probably about 25, he said, all that way, all that drive, and not one bad word. And I'm looking at him like, of course not. You know, we don't do bad words around here, <laughs> you know. And uh, I remember uh, 
being told, much to my shock and dismay, by somebody who had gone to a particular Bible college and said once a year they had cuss day and that everybody could go around and cuss. <laughs> who knows? Maybe they'll have a day when everybody can go around and hold a gun to your head. Maybe that's next, huh? I don't know. What kind of thinking is that? One minute we're quoting Scripture, and the next minute we got filthy communication because somebody said, it's all right today. You know, if you give people what's called religious sanction, there are some people that will do anything as long as they're being told by some kind of religion that it's okay some kind of leadership, that it's okay. Now, here's a guy, a spirit, telling Jesus, cast yourself down. Telling him completely something wrong to do. And quoting the Scripture while he's doing it. You know, hey, after all, you know, it said thus and so and thus and so and thus and so. You can have the Word of God in the wrong hands. And it can bring sin to your life. One fellow took a bunch of people, and this one fella had been involved with this Acts 2.38 truth. And he told a leader of an organization of Acts 2.38, a body of Acts 2.38 people, one day, he told the leader, you're going to hear about me. Well, you heard about him when he took them down to South America and served them all poison Kool-Aid. Of course, now, now, if you do preach the truth and you do stand for what's right and you, you try to live by chapter and verse and you subject yourself to proper balanced leadership, now they call that drinking the Kool-Aid. You can have the Word of God in the hands of people whose heart isn't right and it will lead you to the wrong destination in the final analysis. But Jesus, Jesus, he sat down at the church house. You know, with two or three gathered together, he said, I'm there in the midst. And the book was there, and he brought forth the word. It's important that you remember your Bible said that the people in the congregation were commended because they received the word of God, not as the word of men, but as the word of God. Of that which was preached and coming from the Holy Ghost. Very important that you don't denigrate the Word of God, that you don't downgrade the Word of God, that it's, it's just words. It's just some man up there, or as somebody accused one time of being a, the preacher being a pulpit basher, bashing from the pulpit. You know, when you hear talk like that, when you hear, oh, you know how he is, the preacher. You need to start trying some spirits right about then. I told you about being in a, at a general conference and being in a, during the break time, everybody goes to get something to eat or goes to a store and walks around or whatever. And we were in a store and preacher's wife, we bumped into her and um, passed the pleasantries of how you doing. So I finally said, hey, where's your husband? And she said, Oh, they're having a preacher's meeting. And I said, oh. She said, 
yeah, you know what they're meeting about, don't you? And I said, no, I, I don't, because I was just a guest there, and um, I wasn't a part of their organization. And she said, oh, they're, they're having a big meeting about television. And I said, oh. And so she said, but I don't care what they say. She said, I'm going to do whatever I want to do anyway. And I promise you, I promise you, without looking at seeing Sister Bell and matching notes, mental telepathy or eye contact, none of that, just over me came the most horrible feeling. And I thought I was going to puke right there in the middle of that store before I could do anything. I thought it was all coming up. And I just wobbled. And I just looked at the person. I said, well, you have a nice day. And I just stumbled away. And when we got away enough, far enough, I said, did you feel that? And she said, I am so nauseous right now. And I said, me too. I said, what a spirit. My goodness. You know, I could have, what if, what if I would have jumped in and said, yeah, I feel the same way. I just do whatever I want to do. You know? Or does our discernment go to work? I do believe that's one of the gifts of the Spirit. Are we discerning a spirit here and realizing that's nothing but an evil spirit and that we have got to read the characteristics of a bad and evil spirit? And I tell you, people will cloak evil spirits well, marvel, Satan himself turned into an angel of light. He will cloak himself in light. He will hide the darkness. He'll wrap it in humor. He'll make a joke out of it. Ha-ha, <laughs> just kidding. After he's already dropped that evil poison into your heart. You want to be more discerned. You need to pray that God would allow you to tap in to the gifts of discerning of spirits, the gift of discerning of spirits, and that God would allow you to access that in the body of Christ every day that you live, like you have your eyesight and your hearing and your feeling, your tasting, your smelling, that God would allow your spiritual senses to be sharp and that you would know quickly. You know, if you try a spirit enough, after a while you're going to know that spirit. Just like a doctor. He, after a while, he, he knows uh, the flu symptoms. Or he knows a, uh, I tell you, Brother Bass was down here. Young Brother Bass. Known him since he was a little kid. Haven't seen him for a long time. And here he is now grown up and he's married and I tell you, some of them grow up. I saw a young man today and he was standing there and I, I just looked at him kept walking around doing what I was doing, talking about what I was talking about and Kept seeing him, and I not about it, you know. And then, uh, you know, he's big old now. He's, you know, about six foot one. And uh, all of a sudden, revelation hit. Bingo. And I turned around, and I said his name. And I shook his hand. And I said, man, you grown up. He said, yeah, I kind of sprung up, he said. And it's been a while since I've seen you. I said, it sure has. I said, I, I apologize. I said, I, it, duh, didn't dawn. Well, you know. You, you try a thing, you, you, you know it after a while. You know what I mean? Something comes through, a light goes on, especially when you're dealing in the Holy Ghost. And you want that light bulb to come on. You want to discern that spirit. I told the young man, well, I'll be seeing you in the next few days because he's down here visiting. I said, 
and I won't repeat what I did today. That I got it. You know, so I'm saying you don't have to keep making the same mistake here. You can, we can discern a spirit. We can try it and try it and try it and try it until we've got it discerned and we know it. We know what that is. We know what that is. And it's important because, you know, Jesus said there's going to come a time. I had Bible study. Uh, I don't know, is that one of my my 30 uh, works or places, you know. I sat with Tom after man up this morning at, down at the, got him a little snack before he went to work. He was looking a little puny, so I figured I'd better feed him. So I, and it was very dreary and rainy out. So we, I took my Bible and, and uh, Tom said, did you ask your pastor a lot of questions? I said, many, 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 many questions. And he said, okay, well, I want to, <laughs> Nothing like being subtle about what you're about to do. So he began to ask me a question, and I began to answer him. With, I turned to the book of Matthew and began to show him and go down a chapter and verse and about the end times and, and what Jesus was saying. And it's important that you remember that he said, they're going to say, go here and go there. Do this and do that. Let's get involved with this. Let's go this way. Let's change this. And he said, you don't do that. He said, I'm forewarning you. You, you're told to ask for the old path. Where is the good way? Old there meaning the experience, the tried, the tested, the proven path. And you ask for that, and you walk therein. You don't just talk it, you walk it. You walk therein. You don't want to wind up being deceived by people who can quote the Word of God, and yet... It's the Word of God in the wrong hands, being given out with the wrong heart, the wrong motivation. You want the Jesus that's in the midst of the church. You want Him who, who's in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. You want Him who's operating through the, the pastor of the church. And you're receiving the Word of God as the Word of God. That your attitude is right. That your spirit is right. That the things that brought you into the body of Christ, you still believe in those things. And you want those things to be passed on to your children. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So you keep telling your children this word of God. But you make sure that your spirit is right. That you're in subjection. And that you're going to be standing behind the, the Word of God and the church and the leadership and the things that are right. You're going to be an example of that to your children because you want them to start out at this age and wind up at this age, still in the church, still living for God. I had a young man. I'm going to stop because I know it's getting late. But uh, I had a young man that saw me, talked to me many years I think I preached at the church that he was at somewhere in the early 70s. And uh, it's amazing that I could do that and still be such a young man tonight, isn't it? But uh, I, uh, in talking with him, and hadn't seen him in so many years, he said, um, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, do you still not have a television? I said, still don't have one. 
Well, I remember when Joey Licatus down at True Value asked me that. He said, you still don't have a television preacher? I said, no, I still don't have one. Still don't watch it. I remember calling the guy up on the radio and telling him, said, I, I'm professional. And I said, all these years, and I said, don't have one. Don't have one. And, he's, and I, I hung up. I left it with him what I had to say. And, and uh, he said, boy, I wish that guy would have stayed on the line a little longer. I would have liked to talk to him. But I knew once he found out I was a preacher, he would have had some cutting things to say. And I, I wanted him just to address the point. And what I'm saying to you, church family, we don't want to be given to change. We want to stay with this tried, proven, tested path. Walk in it. And don't you, when somebody says, man, you're back in the Stone Age, you better discern that spirit right away. You better know what's coming down the pike and what kind of frog is jumping out of their mouth. You ever read about those three unclean frogs coming out of that mouth in the book of Revelation? It's in there. Might want to better read about that. You might want to read about those spirits that were kept for a certain time and, and, and season and locked up in the Euphrates River and they would be loosed for that certain time. You've you got to read your Bible and believe it. And I believe it. I thank God for His Word. And it's true. And it's real. And I'm going to tell you what. You're going you're gonna to be real glad when in some